um, Angela here. Lovely to see you all again. And um, those of you who follow this show, and there's quite a lot of you now, will know that we run this show live at midday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And um, it's uh, based on themes that we cover in the YBMB program, the Your Body Means Business program. Mondays, we talk about transformation of the body. Uh, Wednesdays, we talk about upgrading your mindset. And on Fridays, um, we talk about business. And um, very often, I try to get... Um, a guest on that uh, embodies what I'm sort of thinking about and uh, some of the key messages that, uh, you know, come out of the program that, and, and when I know, don't know them that well and they really sort of inspire me with the first conversation, I always try to get them on as well. And Christian Cox actually falls into that category. So firstly, hello, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Angela, a real pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. So, so lovely to see you and, and Christian, um, as uh, those of you who, uh, who are watching this on Instagram, you'll be able to see Christian on uh, Instagram. He's got a great um, page, which is where I actually came across him, first of all. He's a property developer in West London, and he'll go on and tell you a little bit about that uh, uh, in a moment. Um, but we met uh, only quite recently, and uh, I loved uh, the way that uh, Christian sort of spoke about how he runs his life, how he compartmentalizes things. Um, you're a real sort of modern man in terms of really sort of doing, uh, you know, full on with his business, but also very, very involved in his family as well and into fitness and, and all of that. And I just thought, uh, you know, very inspiring. So Christian, firstly, just wanted to, uh, uh, again, say welcome and just get a, a little bit of background about you so that you can tell people, you know, what, you, what you've been up to up until now. Well, firstly, thank you for that introduction. Um, I guess some of it, maybe most of it is true, but maybe not all of it. Um, I, I'm now a property developer um, in West London, as Angela said, um, and we've been going for a decade as West 11, and you sort of look back and think, how on earth has that happened from the slightly scary days of buying a flat on Portobello Road that, you know, I pulled a brick out of the wall and I could see the neighbor next door and I'm thinking, mm -hmm. is this really gonna be a business? Um, and now a decade on, we've built out over 70, 80 apartments and we've sold on 30 off plans. So I guess we are, you know, the market perceives us as a pretty reliable, regular, fairly big developer in West London. But the reality is, is that I, I view us as really quite a small player. We do an apartment a month. Um, the reason how I got into it, um, other than it's, it's a neat business in that it has finality, you know, you put all this effort and love into a property and the day it sells, the deal is done, you get the money. It's, you know, it has real clarity. It's compartmentalization of a business, um, which were- And you leave a legacy of some sort. You'll always know that that was your piece of work. That's the idea. Um, and, and that obsession, so one in three people buy a second, third or fourth apartment from us. Um, the actual foundations of West 11 started in another business, um, which was actually being an estate agent, um, because I witnessed so many people doing a lot of stuff really well, but an awful lot really badly. Um, and I began to think, maybe I can do that and I can do it better. Um, and, and to do that, sometimes people say, well, you obviously do it for the money. The biggest thrill I have is when someone says, I've seen a West Levin apartment, can you build it for me? Can you find one for me? Or I'd like another one. Mm. That tells me that my product is great, it's reliable, you know, we're unique in that we come back and fix everything for the duration of the ownership. 
to get to that point, though, you know, we have to make some early mistakes. And I realized early on that actually the best people to surround myself with um, sort of by nature are, are women because they generally seem to care more um, and they're orderly. And I think I'm a slight exception. I'm a bit of a nerd in that I think you picture a property developer often as, I don't know, a, a blacked out Range Rover driving wide boy, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I have had periods in my life where I've had weakness in slightly dodgy cars. I'm actually a bit of a nerd. So I live by, probably can't read it, but um, I live by ticking boxes, by, by a journal. Because I know by Friday evening, if I've ticked everything on this diary this, this week, then I'm probably on track. Maybe not this week, but I am on track to what I want to achieve. Um, and I, I found it fascinating early on the number of developers that were obsessed about sort of getting bigger and going more and more expensive and going to Knightsbridge and doing five, 10, 20 million pound houses. My business started doing one to three bedroom apartments between 400 and 800,000 pounds a decade ago. We now do, you know, probably from 800,000 up to about 3 million. It's still a huge amount of money mm. in the scheme of things within West London. I'm trying to remain bite size. Um, and I, I also describe my businesses, I never go too far away from the shore. You know, if you're going to do a three-year build in Knightsbridge, you know, with COVID, we've never seen a time like this. You just don't know what can change. Whereas if I'm going in and out of the market within three, six, eight months, generally you're trading within the same market. To operate with that speed, um, you've just got to have order. So in my office next door, um, we've got cats. Um, Victoria and my wife as well works with me as well um just just from experience women get shit done I'm sorry I'm probably not allowed to say that word am I yeah no no well I couldn't agree more um <laughs> but the the thing that I find as well interesting is what you said there is that you've been very clear about your client group and um to say that this is a currently a volatile market is a bit of an understatement um but what I, I um like to hear about is when uh, companies have managed to, you know, everyone uses this word pivot, that's a good word to describe what's happening, isn't it? Um, and how, um, you know, the people have managed to stay calm and see where the market's going and see where the demand is and sort of just, you know, obviously in your industry in particular, ride the, uh, the crest of the waves, but also sort of survive the downturns as well. And you were saying to me about um, how uh, journaling has really helped you and lists and being organised has really helped you. Um, so just tell us a little bit more about how you, you know, you manage this business, you've got all of this activity going on in the background with your family and your lovely, you know, children, everything. I'll come on to that in a moment. But firstly, just sticking with the business for a minute, you know, what's your um, mode of operation on a, on a usual day? How do you uh, stay calm regardless of what's going on outside in the economy and just continue to get shit done, as you call it? <laughs> so on a, on a personal level, um, I start the day with three things. The first is I try and get up for everyone else. And I have a cup of tea on my own, which at the moment is in darkness yeah. and just get some clarity about what I want to achieve that day. Second thing is pick the thing that I least want to deal with that day and put it right at the top of the list in the left-hand corner of my diary. Um, and I have a, a system of squares and circles and triangles and different colors to keep on attracting myself to it if I haven't done it. And the third thing is actually go and do some exercise because your body at the moment at six in the morning it's dark is giving you every 
signal and you would be able to explain it better, Angela, but every signal to not go out into the darkness and run with a lung, lung full of freezing cold air. Mm. So those are the three sort of core ingredients for me. And I find once I've had my cup of tea, once I've focused on, you know, the, the problem email that's come through, you know, with a license to alter, there's been a leak or, you know, I've, you know, there's some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think about how I'm going to deal with it, but I then go and work it through my mind whilst I exercise. Um, mm. And I, I find that is the best place for me to, you know, almost flick the switch on my body onto autopilot, let it warm up, get the blood flowing, you know, let the endorphins kick in and then just run through in my mind um, a little bit like if you've watched Queen's Gambit on, on Netflix, she has the ability to look up and see how the games pan out. Um, I have never finished exercise where I've come up with a worse decision. And I'm also amazed that actually, had I not done the exercise, I think back to the decision or the plan of action I was going to take, and I can see that it was going to fail. Yeah, it's really, it's so interesting, you know, that link between exercise and business comes up time and time again. And it was, it was why I actually created the, the YBNB program in the first yeah. place, because I had no idea you know, when I very first started to get involved in weight training, as I was saying to you, which about four years ago, just over four and a half years ago, um, I just thought I'm just going to get rid of, you know, my sort of middle-aged spread. And I didn't want to sort of give in to this whole idea that, uh, you know, you get to a certain age and then you sort of get a bit of a mumsy body or a dad bod. And <laughs> I didn't want to sort of give in to that, you know, and, and I was frustrated with it. But, and so I managed to achieve that physical transformation. But I was, what I was really surprised about was that feeling of control it gives you when you take control of your body. Um, yeah. And that then really leads into things with your business and, and uh, it makes business a lot easier, I think. And um, what you said about um, you know, answers coming to you when you exercise yeah. uh, is, is something that people don't realize until they, re you know, they don't realize that when you start exercise, I'm talking about people that maybe just join our program. They, um, they think it's a sort of a 13 week program only, but it's a lifestyle change, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a re it's a reset. It's a yeah. reset. And um, and once you start that change, you sort of can't. I don't think you can live without it because it just becomes part of you and your identity. Um, regardless of it helps you. It's a coping mechanism as well. I think with regard to what goes on. Absolutely, after. and you know there are lots of coping mechanisms out there, and a lot of them actually aren't. You know the obvious ones are. You know you can drink alcohol instead. Um, I had a real weakness for Diet Coke um, and I replaced it with um, soda water because I realized actually probably 80% of the reason why I did, did it was, oh, I'm frustrated. I know what to do. I will go to the fridge. I will get something that is I can control. It's cold, it's fizzy, the noise. And I realized actually so much of it was behavior. And I was thinking actually, again, I'm allowing my body to sort of channel the frustration, which you have in every business at some point, in a way I didn't want to go. Um, and then sort of, you know, made the decision that actually to train more, a little bit like you, you know, I don't want um, a dad board. I want to start the day by winning because mm. that will feed into other decisions. And the easiest win is think, am I going to get control of my body now? Or am I just going to give in and not go out for a run? It's, inter it's interesting, you know, you said about the, uh, you know, that whole process of going to get a can of Coke. I don't know if you follow Tony Robbins. Um, I don't, but maybe I will now. 
he yeah you, you'd probably like his stuff and he talks about the six human needs and one in particular he talks about is certainty and our need for certainty and you know obviously there is things like you know um, having shelter and water and food and that but there are other things that uh, we do well all of us human beings do things to achieve certainty and um, yeah. some of us you know we do it in a very uh, a way that's really good for us in other areas like the running that you that you do yeah. Um, and other things that we can do which can achieve that same certainty but are not quite so good for us, like having that daily glass of wine, having the yeah. Diet Coke, smoking a cigarette. Um, it's interesting, but we're all trying to achieve the same thing. So you sort of switching from the Diet Coke to maybe, you know, the soda water or the running. It's quite I, interesting. I sort it's such of, a great example. I didn't go off a cliff because I always like to see the next moves in front of me. So I would describe it as I'll throw myself off the ski jump that I can see the landing. And again, I can't believe it's with my Diet Coke, but I was having like six, seven, eight cans a day. And it was yeah. an easy switch because 70% of the process was replaced by fizzy water. And then I was thinking, why am I drinking so much fizzy water? Um, mm. You know, and you can steer your, your mind and body and channel things in the right way. And then I found actually by managing myself better and exercising, and you know, at the moment it's tough. What I'm actually missing is going to a gym and doing weightlifting and if you can see me i'm not you know some massive weightlifter that's not my build and it never will be mm. but just the satisfaction and the feeling um I, I would say actually lifting weights has been the biggest change to me fitness wise yeah in the last 20 years well one of the um i was uh, on a program last week which was um sort of all the cutting edge scientists in the uh, in the field of longevity and yeah. uh, what they said was, um, you know, in order of priority, the very first thing for longevity and health is sleep, a uh, minimum of seven hours. Um, the second thing is diet. And that primarily means a massive reduction in sugar, no sugar if possible, but certainly no artificial yeah. added sweeteners um, and uh, you know, added sugar. And then the third thing was muscle mass. The more muscle mass yeah. you have, the more it helps and aids longevity. And these people are talking about living until... Um, 150 plus and if you and what they're saying is if you can sort of hold on and live healthily for the next 20 to 30 years then basically they believe that it's going to be limitless how long you can live because they're they're developing techniques for cell regeneration at such a fast pace so we just got to hold on and look after ourselves for this short period of time and then we can live forever um, but and talking of that I mean, you've got this lovely family and you, you've obviously, you talk about your morning and it sounds all really calm and controlled, but you've got babies <laughs> and stuff and they wake up early. So tell us how you manage all of that. Um, well, it's kind of the calm before the storm. And I was actually talking to someone on the way here, I know is having another um, child. And I just said, look, you know, it's magical because, so whilst I have order, a little bit like before Christmas, I was thinking I've, I've really bought a lot of properties have I made the right decision? You know, anybody who has zero self-doubt is a crazy person. You've got to have some, you know, feedback to yourself. Have I made the right decision? So I set myself the target of, you know, it's Q1, I will sell this number of apartments. But of course, to do that, you've got to break it down. You've got to make sure you've got the right number of agents on, how many apartments, what's the strategy? Um, so again, I, I created order to get my head in the right sort of frame um, to, to deliver. And I reset every day. So with, with the team in the morning, um, again, I'm generally down first. I'm not always, okay? Um, my wife is incredible and orderly and organized and you know, just amazing in every way. Um, 
but it's crazy. Um, it's three children uh, from 10, three and nine months who all eat and drink different things. And I would describe it as sort of running some sort of kitchen really intensely. Um, we get through about 10 different plates, five cups. That's if there's no spillages, okay? <laughs> no car crashes. Yeah. Um, how do you sort of, how do you schedule it all? I mean, I, you know, when we did our little thumbnail for this, I, um, one of my team put in a picture of me, um, you know, when I was 20 years ago with my kids when they were, uh, well, 20 years younger, they're, they're 28 and 27 yeah. now. Um, and I saw I, it, you look great then, obviously you look great now as well. well. Thank you. I, um, it was quite lovely to sort of look at that picture again, but um, I look back at that with rose colored glasses, but I sort of can, remember hectic mornings and stuff like that yeah. so, so do you show, how do you organize it all you, actually this discussion has actually made me realize i treat the morning like i do this book so before we go to bed i make sure that my mug is out next to that i'm so impatient we have an instant hot water tap which if you don't have one it's life-changing you know over christmas oh, life without so all in, in all your apartments don't you as well i do um because yeah. I just like order and also speed, you know, it takes three minutes to boil a kettle. Um, you know, maybe that's a lost moment for some people. For me, I just want the tea as soon as possible. So I, I, I just love that, just on that part though, I love that, you know, because I don't know if you've read the book Atomic Habits, have you? No, I haven't. Such a great book, but you're, the, what you're describing is a bit like the stacking of habits. You get your mug out, you've got it by the tap, which is already going to dispense hot water. Exactly. So, so what else? I've got what, the, what the hot, hot chocolate machine ready the night before, the cocoa ready. Again, we all drink different types of milk. So that actually you can probably do in three minutes, which if you're slightly sleepy and you're doing one thing at a time, would take you 15. Mm. Uh, and then you can serve it all out. And actually on automation, I know what time to put the toast in, the crumpets, um, the hot chocolate. I mean, my middle daughter, who is you know, adorable, and she's just, she's three, and for Christmas she asked for lipstick and high heel shoes. You know, <laughs> nature is complete, beautiful, <laughs> prima donna. But before she doesn't even wake up with, morning, how are you? It's, dada, hot chocolate. You know, she's just, she's straight into business. So yeah. we've got to be prepared for that, because if you fall behind, you know, she goes to school, my son homeschools, he's next door at the moment. You know, there, there are no delays. You know, mm -hmm. we, we get the shit done, basically. Yeah. So um, organisation the night before is really, really important, isn't it? So, yeah. Know, but, with the best, but with the best laid plans, things happen. And, you know, obviously you've got, busy, you've got the, like you said, the inevitable emails that need immediate attention and all that. So yeah. How do you uh, manage sort of stress level? Do you do meditation or, or anything like that? Or how do you stay calm and cool, calm and collected and, and work your way through that list then? Even if there's things going on that maybe you didn't plan. So as a property developer, um, you should show no emotion. Even if you are stressed as hell, you've got more debt than the UN, nothing selling. You've still got to be that swan gliding through the water, pedaling like hell underneath. Um, and, you know, there has been moments where I've been frustrated from stress and I've actually, because I've been quite snappy with estate agents, because I can think in shorthand, you know, my history before I went being to cut equity director of Boxton's, ended up with 200 direct staff, 100 back office. Maybe that was where my training came from for having children. Because
because they were like children. But I know what their thought is going to be in three minutes time. So sometimes I'm guilty of becoming snappy and telling them what's going to happen in their mind and why I need to talk over them. Um, and I've sort of made a decision in the last year or two to just not do that. And a few people I phoned and said, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm actually sorry about that day when I said that to you, this is why. And um, it's, it's gone a long way because you're just offloading your, your stress on someone that's a lower weight in a boxing match. And it's just mean. Um, and it's, um, it's really, uh, we're already human, you know, no matter yes. how, um, how far you develop in your career and you're in charge of all these people and you've got this big business and everything, you know, we are all human and, and we do, you know, sort of uh, yeah. sometimes our guard drops and we're not maybe the, the best version of ourselves, but yeah. self-awareness is so important, you know, to sort of one notice it and then two try to adjust it, isn't it? Absolutely. And the exercise really, really, really helps just as a daily reset. Um, you know, sometimes as a treat in the summer, um, if I ever go into London on the train, one of the most lovely things is actually to, because um, we have a place in London, but it's very small and we have a house in Windsor where we live, um, is actually just to take time to go for a walk. Sorry, I'm West Country, so there's one word I struggle saying like everyone else, I go for a walk. <laughs> Hyde Park and I'll pop out at Kensington Gore and just recognise actually what an amazing city London is and how lucky I am to actually have a business that allows me the time to walk through these parks occasionally and, and that's where sort of my business goes full circle that having the children has made me realise time is finite although I'm probably going to look into that programme you're on where we might be able to live to 100 and 150 mm -hmm. But that's what the work is for, to spend your time wisely. And, and that must be with your family. There is nothing more precious than that. So oh, I think so. Yeah. T time is, is what, what, what our biggest asset. And um, nothing brings that home to you more, I think, than if you get uh, an egg timer and you turn it upside down and then you yeah. start watching the grain of sands go through and you think about life in that context. Yeah that those grains of sand are your minutes or your hours. And basically, unfortunately with your life, you can't go like that. And so yeah. it's all just sort of pouring through. And so uh, the more time we spend doing things that we're not enjoying or being in a way that we you know, don't wanna be, whether that is overweight, not fit, stressed, um, you know, we're, we're, we're wasting those grains of sand. Yeah. I think um, awareness of that, and what you just said about walking is another thing that we always advocate, you know, you, to get fit, and, and we want to get fit, obviously all of us to live a long but healthy life as well. Um, you don't have to kill yourself in a gym. It's, I mean, we, we do workouts, you know, from home and we lift weights and everything, even from home, but it's not quite the same as a gym, but you still get a good workout. Yeah. But, you know, starting off with just doing 10,000 steps a day and walking, you know, through the park, it doesn't have to be high park, although that's gorgeous. It can be any park, you know, just walking, yeah. getting yourself moving. And luckily, we're all still allowed to do that, even in lockdown. Yeah, it makes makes such a difference. Um, and the, the, the quality, the quality of a conversation that I have whilst I'm moving, is infinitely better as well. You know, I'm, I'm I talk a lot and I move a lot, but you, I always say to sales guys when I was, you know, a, a partner and a director at Foxtons, I said you've got to walk through the conversation, okay, because you're your mouth is only part of the communication. Whereas if they can feel you're expressing it, I promise you it comes out better than slumped over a desk, looking down, you know, feeling your rolls of belly flat, flat, 
touch, you know, it's some, you know, the, the power of cool walking for me is, is a really special thing. It's really true. And um, actually, I wanted to touch on that with you as well is about because in business, we're all selling, even if we're not in business, everybody's selling in one way. Absolutely. Or another. You know, you're persuading people one way, even if you're just persuading your kids to eat their breakfast. <laughs> sort of thing, we're all in selling in one way or other. Um, and um, you and I, when we met, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, when we're interviewing people and um, part of what we look at is uh, their approach to fitness, their overall approach to their own personal health and fitness. And we both agreed that um, we, we, it's a real tick in the box for us if we see that someone is maybe in a competitive sport or whether they're interested in their fitness and their health. And I've definitely in my time seen a real connection between people's business success and their, uh, you know, especially on selling and, yeah. and how fit they are. What, what have you seen in that, in that regard? They, they are absolute parallels. Um, you know, salespeople come in every form. For example, actually, some of the best salespeople are actually the most disturbed because by their life they've had, they've developed the ability to form relationships very quickly. The problem is they're quite brittle. Mm. You know, what I, I love to see, my choice to work with someone is very quick, I think. Do they care? Could I have a cup of tea with them? Breakfast, glass of wine. If those are the ticks, I'd just have a quick look at the lifestyle. Do they actually care for themselves? Do they start their day behaving like a winner? Mm. And that doesn't necessarily always have to be to do with fitness. Sometimes it's to do with just a passion that they'll bring up and go, oh my goodness, you know, I'm obsessed with Freddie Mercury and I can tell you every single song. It's like brilliant because they've got energy and a topic and a yeah. focus and a belief. Um, but, you know, physiologically, we do need to stay fit. You know, the mm. generation we're in now there's no excuse that we don't know about nutrition, about gut health. Um, and the parallel, the, the best sales guys and girls I work with, they are physically and mentally fit. And the things mm. together, 100%. And, and maybe in that order, I know I'm mentally fitter for sure after a run than I am sort of sulking in my flip-flops, questioning whether I should have another cup of tea to avoid going for <laughs> a run. Yeah, and, and I always think as well that, um, you know, the whole, um, I don't know if you've read, there's a book called Miracle Morning, and it talks about, because I love what you said about, uh, you know, starting the day as a winner, behaving like a winner. Um, and what that advocates is that you go through a, a process, which I try and follow um, as best I can, and we definitely teach it on the programme as well, which is you spend, you know, that first hour and you do, um, you do some meditation, you do some affirmations, written or verbal, but yeah. written, you do, you update your visualization. So a short paragraph on what you see your future self and you really try and visualize your future self in that environment, whatever it is, because it pulls you towards it. Um, yeah. do some, a short bit of reading, only 10 minutes of something that's going to really help you motivationally wise. And then you just, um, you finish off with just sort of making any other final notes in your journal, maybe, you know, with your, like you said, you're doing that already. And then off you go and do a bit of exercise and you can get that all done in um, yeah. about an hour and a half. And uh, it's a really is a great way of, of winning the day. Um, yeah, it, cre well, it creates I, order. It creates, it creates order. order. You see yeah. the journey you want to go on. Yeah, and no matter what you what what uh, area you're in, because I interview a lot of people. Um, you know, last week I interviewed somebody who's in in fashion. Again, you know what you would think is a, a market that's struggling at the moment because she's in retail fashion. Um, another one was on online, but you know, still all thriving because they all do these types of things. Yeah, so it's not the economy and it's not the market that you know we can't control those yeah. things. 
we can control the things that we've been talking about. Most um, most people start the conversation with me with my work of, oh my goodness, what's it like at the moment? You know, it must yeah. be awful. And the answer is, um, it is challenging. And yeah. there will be people who lose in this, who give in. Um, mm. You know, my very simple methodology is, you know, on a price point, now you are not shooting for the stars. I have the record for selling the most expensive one bed in Notting Hill, the yeah. highest price per square foot. You are a fool if you're going to try and achieve those price points today. Mm. Um, so, you know, for example, with an apartment at West 11, I'll get five valuations and actually ditch the top two and take an average of the bottom three. Right. Like, me saying, you always sell, Christian, because you undersell. Well, maybe I do, but I would rather sell than some of my competitors who have a big flat on the market for a year, year and a half, and then phone me and say, hey, I've just sold and I got a higher price per square foot. Mm -hmm. Well, you've taken a year or 18 months. You know, the, the real... The real profit in developing is actually working at pace. Um, you're better off, you know, going in, getting it sold and coming out of the market. And it's good for the brand. You know, people never see a West 11 apartment sitting online for a long time. And, that, and that's what I want. You've got a great brand as well. Um, just uh, finishing Thank up on you. that. That really means a lot. Brand is, yeah, you really have. And, um, you know, I think one of the things is as well that shows that you care is you're so descriptive when you... You, you know, you bring it to life. I think, you know, it's a part of the visualization um, trick as well, because you not only put a photo up, but you bring it to life because you say, well, you know, I'm walking down Portobello Road and I'm popping in to have a coffee with so-and-so. And, you know, if you live here, you can hang out the window and shout to your mates down the road. And you bring it up, you really bring it to life with that branding. So how important, do you think, how, how important do you think branding is in business? Does it come naturally or is it something you work at? Um. I guess it's sort of accidentally natural because I wouldn't say it's my forte, but West 11 is me and I and I love it. You know, I was on Labrick Grove yesterday or earlier this week with a brilliant Italian relocation agent. And I, I said, Claudine, do you, you love this? And she said, I do. I said, great, because if you don't love the sirens, the buses, the people shouting, the fact that we could walk a minute from here and we can get, um, Moroccan, Japanese, Thai, French, Spanish, mm. and then a person from every nationality in every direction, then you just don't get W11. But for me, the heartbeat of that area and, and you know that part of West London is, is a magical place. And, yeah. and it's a passion that comes through really. And I try to get over to overseas people that it really is a lovely lifestyle. Yeah, well, it's a great it's a great uh, brand that you've built there, and and it's it's lovely that it sort of comes naturally. And I definitely think that um, ties back when you're passionate about what you do. Um, Absolutely. Then uh, it shows through, and and ultimately you get success because you want to do things. You want to get up in the morning and get yourself organised, but you want to tackle, you know, attack the day, win the day, and and tackle the problems as they come. So, any sort of um, final, you know, bits of advice for business people maybe feeling a little bit, you know, battered and bruised as a result of what's been going on. What would you, what would you give them a, a few tips just to finish off? I think I'd probably advise what we started with, which is get up first, make a plan and picture where you want to be with your family, which beach in the warmth this summer or towards the end of the year. And, you know, and just go at the day because there are challenges for everybody at the moment. And, there, and there's more you know, than usual. Um, but in my business, I maintain, you know, people do need to sleep. They do need a bedroom. They do need a home. So for me, I just want to make my home 
maybe not the best, but one of the best at a fair price. Yeah. And they will sell. And that's been my experience this year. Um, yeah. Brilliant. All right. Well, lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for spending your time. And pleasure. Pleasure. And uh, all your colleagues. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon. You too. Thanks, Angela. Top weekend. Bye -bye. Thank you very much. Bye, Christian. Bye.